are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Got a lot of things to talk about today, folks, and uh, dealing with, of course, the Arkansas-LSU game coming up this Saturday, which I'm going to do a fun little countdown on each of the podcasts this week, uh, talking about some of my most memorable, my favorite LSU-Arkansas games, because uh, there's been so many of them. And hopefully this one this weekend ends up being another great one, too, in which we'll do that here in just a second. We'll also get in some nonsense, of course, at the end of the podcast. But uh, I wanted to start with kind of the, the big news, if you want to call it that. I don't know if it's big news just yet. It's potentially big news, just kind of depending on what ends up happening. But this is uh, coming out for as far as Arkansas and the, the this weekend's game, and we know with COVID nineteen and all that, it's been it's pretty crazy. So this is according to Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. There were two Razorback staff members, not on field coaches, and one player who tested positive on Sunday. Since then, contract tracing has led to numerous other players and staff members being quarantined. For now, though, it appears that Arkansas's roster has enough players that will play Saturday's game against LSU, so it will not be postponed. But SEC policy states that teams with 53 scholarship players must be available each week. Uh, this is also according to Hunter Yerichek. He says, quote, We have been dealing with positive tests and quarantining among all of our sports since our student-athletes returned back in June. We will continue to deal with that. We're dealing with it now but it's not impacting our ability to play games as of right now. As we sit here today with the testing results that I know from Sunday, we're in great shape to play football on Saturday. Tom Murphy also reported that Arkansas was undergoing the latest round of testing on Tuesday, which of course we know the results will be expected to come back on Wednesday. Unlike most SEC teams, though, their Razorbacks have not yet postponed a game this season. They're currently 3-4 and four after this game passed to Florida and yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying. So that could be significantly important news because we know that for whatever reason, I don't know if there's a direct uh, correlation or a direct uh, reasoning behind why not only in football but just across this country we've had a severe COVID outbreak where the numbers are starting to go up. But we kind of knew that this was more than likely expected when it comes to college football and especially in this case SEC football. We knew that at some point there was going to be a lot of games that would be in jeopardy, maybe all at the same time, which it certainly seems like that's the point. But with scheduling and all that fun stuff, we also knew that uh, this was going to be something that could be fixed and be flexible and made up for and all that fun stuff. But the thing is, is the reactions to this are about what you'd expect. People are kind of worried about the Arkansas LSU game getting played especially since the fact that LSU has not been able to play in quite some time. I mean, my goodness, it seems like it's been weeks, which it has been weeks, since they've been able to play. Uh, I don't know exactly who the player is. Hopefully it's not any significant player, and, and that's not to make light of it. I hope nobody has it, but let's be honest. There's a difference between Felipe Franks and Rakeem Boyd having it rather than one of the walk-ons or one of the guys who are on the depth chart at third string, you know, something like that. So let's just hope – it ends up not being too serious for Arkansas this weekend. But, you know, the thing is, if it, if it happens, it happens. And you have to adjust and you have to be flexible and you have to be able to approach it 
in every way possible and and be able to understand that even though you have these cases and you don't want to have these cases, you just got to be able to fix it and be able to do your best with it. So I totally understand people's reaction to this. But what's really disappointing is to see uh, so many people trying to jump to conclusions on this thing. And we know that a lot of people have been kind of uh, very excitable when it comes to possibly jumping on board with some of the things that are going on as well. You know, all, all these things going on, it just kind of frustrates you a little bit. And I still think, at least as of right now, this game's going to get played against LSU this weekend. But I can also understand that there may be some you know parts of it that'll be impacted as well. But here's what I guess would be maybe maybe is a realistic scenario. So we know that LSU has been having problems with COVID. And we see that Arkansas is having a very small, minor issue, at least at the time of the recording of this podcast, a very small and minor issue dealing with what's going on. And all things considered in that regard, it's it's kind of like it could, it could be totally possible that this game won't even get played this weekend. And I know people will be frustrated by that, but here's what I look at. I look at the silver lining in everything. The silver lining in everything when it comes to Razorback football and everything is that if this game can't be played, that might be better because we know LSU has had a lot of weeks to prepare for Arkansas. We also know that there could be a player of significant, like, whether it's offense, defense, doesn't matter, a guy who gets significant playing time be out, and that could be very impactful in this game. I want this game to be played at full strength for Arkansas, but I'm also looking at trends and what's realistic. And Arkansas has been fortunate enough to not have any games postponed this year. But at some point in time, I feel like every team is going to have a game postponed this season. And this might be the one. This might be the game that finally gets Arkansas. So just to kind of give everybody an update on that, I'm not trying to freak you out or, or to be you know, Johnny Raincloud here. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of, all right, Knowing what we know and seeing what we're seeing in the SEC, we'll see how it goes. Um, I want to play LSU this weekend. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be a great game, and I think Arkansas would win. But uh, we also know that we don't have control over most of these things, especially the crazy ones that go on. But I'll keep you updated on that uh, throughout the podcast. And uh, you know, by you downloading it and subscribing to it, of course, that's the best way to do it. And we'll talk more about Arkansas and LSU coming up here in just a second. But first... We all know that we love to chill, right? I love to chill. You love to chill. We all love to chill. There's nothing better than chilling. But there is something slightly better than chilling. That's chilling with the beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. It's literally made to chill because it's cold lagered and cold filtered and cold packaged. And it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to just sit back and unwind. That's what it's all about, right? And I know that you, some of you have reached out to me via social media and have talked about this, and I've kind of been the same way. It's just amazing how good it feels to when you get home after a long day to get up in your recliner, watch some sports, maybe watch some Netflix, maybe play some video games. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, you just need to chill with it. And that's what Coors Light is all about. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new delivered package straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
All right, we know that this is LSU week for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Assuming that the game gets played, which until it does not get played, we're going to keep on having fun with it and pretending it's going to get played. And by doing that and by having fun with that, I thought it'd be very appropriate to kind of look back on some of the great games and the great matchups between these two teams over many years, and which I know that some of you uh, have better memories than others. Maybe some of you were younger to not remember some of the great matchups, especially early going of this millennium. But I'm going to do my best to just give you my top five Arkansas LSU games, and I'm going to explain them. Now, before I get into all of that and start really you know, checking into it, just note, this is my opinion. <laughs> I know that that's crazy, and some of you are going to start yelling at me. This is just my opinion on the matters. I go. I have. I talked with some friends of mine. I, I talked with some older people as well. I gathered all back information. I look back on the highlights. I look back on the outcomes and the results and what it meant and all of that. And to me, this this is this list that makes the most sense. I'm going to go through my top five. Even though we only have four podcasts left this week, I may you know make some uh, make some room to do two in one podcast just to make up for some ground there. Uh, but uh, we're going to go through some of these games and, and just recap them and let me uh, at least give me the opportunity to let you know why I chose these particular games in these particular orders. So first off, to me, the number five game in all of Arkansas and LSU history, at least since Arkansas has joined the SEC, comes in 2015, where Arkansas went down to Baton Rouge at night, mind you, for a 6 p.m. kickoff and ended up beating the LSU Tigers 31-14, to and honestly, it wasn't even that close. So again, take this into consideration first off. Arkansas had a pretty weird season. They had lost to Toledo. They lost to Texas Tech in the beginning. They lost to Texas A&M. It was kind of weird at the, at the point in time that they were at. It was a time where none of it made really any much sense because we know that Brett Bielema and people were frustrated by him. But they beat Tennessee on the road to really get things started and, and catapult back. Then they went on the road to Bama and lost 27-14, to 14, which, you know, losing to Bama on the road by 13 points, there's no shame in that, honestly. But then they really started getting it going. They beat Auburn in Fayetteville in quadruple overtime the last time Arkansas was beating Auburn. Then they beat Tennessee Martin. And then they beat Ole Miss in the craziest Hunter Henry heave type game you've ever seen. So you think about the, the situation that Arkansas finds themselves in where they've had some close calls, some really close games, and some epic finishes, and now they're rolling in down to Baton Rouge to face the number nine team in the country, LSU. And LSU only had one loss at this point, which was the week before when they lost to Alabama. And... At that time, it was a weird situation for LSU because a lot of them were getting tired of Les Miles losing to Bama, for one. And two, they were kind of tired of seeing uh, LSU constantly underachieve, even though there were years that they probably should have won a national championship. So take all those things into consideration when Arkansas is climbing down into Baton Rouge, where Arkansas was at the time – Sitting at five and four, four and three and two in conference, and then LSU, of course, was seven and one, and four and one in conference as well. Now Arkansas got things going really quickly uh, at the start of the game. They were able to be really good defensively, but uh, a great pass from Brandon Allen to Dominic Reed when Dominic Reed kind of just turned the corner and whew, took off 
running, I mean, as fast as you'll ever see anybody do it that way. I mean, that was uh, – when I saw that, I remember that play. I was like, man, he really just showcased his speed. It was a 52-yard pass from Brandon Allen. And then he was just off to the races midway through the first quarter. Well, Leonard Fournette really wasn't getting anything going. Uh, we know that Brandon Harris, the quarterback for LSU, wasn't that good. And they, they were just kind of struggling to get any sort of rhythm at all. And then it started the second quarter as it's 7 to nothing. Alex Collins breaks off in that 80-yard run uh, that he almost got caught up on, but still just whew, he just takes off running, and now it's 14 to nothing in the beginning of the second quarter. My, oh, my. But let's be honest, folks. Let's just chill now. Let's just chill because we know that Arkansas was up 14 to nothing back in 2011, and we know that it was a situation where LSU was good enough to come right back if they needed to. So let's just pump the brakes. But then a great play made by both Dre Greenlaw and Brooks Ellis to cause a fumble where Brandon Harris was trying to throw the ball and it slipped. Brooks Ellis picks up the fumble, returns it, gets some really good field position, to which Arkansas then, late in the second quarter, goes up 21 to nothing after Alex Collins runs it in. So just imagine this. With four minutes left, Alex Collins puts Arkansas up by three touchdowns in this game, 21 nothing against the top 10 team in the LSU Tigers. Everyone's freaking out. The crowd looks weird. Everyone's like, what is going on? Why is it this way? All that stuff. Well, then LSU does respond, and they respond in kind as they drive right down the field right before halftime, and Malachi Dupree gets a five-yard touchdown pass from Brandon Harris. Now it's 21 to 7. And if you remember that pass, it was on third down. And it was like the luckiest pass ever where it just went like almost went off of defender for Arkansas and then was caught by Malachi Dupree. Just a really weird play, but it was a good response by LSU. So then we get to halftime. LSU gets the ball back to start the second half. And then Leonard Fournette runs it in from two yards out, and they just went right down the field in three minutes, 50 seconds, 21-14. And it's kind of looking like the, the momentum has shifted ever so slightly. But the thing is, is that Arkansas's defense came up big, kept making plays, getting after Brandon Harris, shutting down Leonard Fournette. Uh, they just had no response to it. Cole Hedlund adds a field goal. Man, isn't that a name? Adds a field goal, 24-14 now with five and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. But the ice that was put on the game was, of course, in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes to go. Jared Cornelius runs 69 yards, nice, for a touchdown, putting Arkansas up 31-14, and that was all she wrote. And I remember that game so vividly, not just because it was a great game by Arkansas to go down to Baton Rouge and win, but I remember how weird it was to see Arkansas being the reason why the fans of LSU cleared out. They didn't stay the whole game. They left with about seven minutes to go in the game. The stadium was empty by the time the game ended that does not happen often to LSU now Arkansas winning this game it was a great game it didn't lead to anything spectacular as far as the end of season results Arkansas ended up going seven and five ended up playing in the Liberty Bowl against Kansas State and all that stuff it was fine but to have that type of performance against an LSU team that was so good down in their home at night and clear out the stadium before that's all said and done, that's something that you take with you. That's an image that'll last forever. And that is why I have it as my number five Arkansas LSU game of all time. Just a masterful performance, one of the few bright spots in the Brett Bielema era. 
and one that is very memorable because, hey, if you can clear out Baton Rouge, you can clear out Death Valley, you must be doing something majorly right. We got to take a commercial break, but before we do, folks, you know that you hit this wall. It's Tuesday, maybe Wednesday when you're listening to this podcast. Oh, so tired, man. I'm tired. You try to go maybe to the gym. Maybe you're going to work. Maybe you're picking up the kids, going to practices for sports, whatever it is. You just feel like you hit that mental or physical wall. Well, with Built Go, you can break through it every single day. They're easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put in your briefcase and, or I don't even know if any of you still have briefcases, but it's really easy to take along with you is the point. Built Go is the best workout gel in the market. I use it for myself. I'm telling you, when I before I go and work out, I don't do those pre-workouts or any extra caffeine things that may be bad for you. These are really good because it includes protein, it's got delicious flavors, and it doesn't have that crash feeling like those five-hour energy drinks do. So it's better for your body. And here's a great deal. Go to visit, and by visiting BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 20% off BuiltGo.com. It's as easy as that. Take advantage, and let's go with BuiltGo. All right, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, and I appreciate, once again, everybody that listens. Uh, I've had so many of you reach out to me and say how much you enjoy the podcast, which means everything to me. You know, I, I know that, you know, we, we do this for fun, and of course we do it for, you know, it's my lifestyle, it's my living that I make on, on here as well as doing my radio show, so I just appreciate that all of you like to tune in and, and listen to this podcast because it's it's a lot of fun, and I get to kind of kick back and relax and talk what I, uh, all about what I want to. So thank you, every one of you, for listening in, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, of course. But uh, some of you who follow me on Twitter might have noticed that I got a pretty significant change uh, to my hair. And some of you are wondering, why in the world, John, would you do that to your hair? Well, just to describe it. It's hard to do it on a podcast. But essentially... Um, the top of my head, top of my hair, is nothing but bleach blonde. And the sides are staying the same, but it is very, very bright. And the reason I had this happen and the reason I did this was not because I think it looks good. Trust me, it ain't. It looks bad. But I lost a bet. I had a listener on my radio show that we're talking about before the season started that said, Arkansas is going to win five games this year. That's what he said, five games. And I said, man, I, I just don't see that happening. Not with this schedule. Not with this schedule. They, five games is just seems like it's impossible. And he's like, well, I'll take, make a bet with you. And what it was, essentially, is that he bet that Arkansas would win four games because we kind of met in the middle. Uh, I had Arkansas at uh, three, two games at that time. I kind of went on to three. But I said, okay, four. Still, I don't see Arkansas winning four games. And he ended up betting, of course, uh, the five, four games as well. If I would have won, I thought I had this made because and this is some, I'm a fan of Arkansas. I'm the optimist. But before the season started, Arkansas winning four games seemed like an impossibility. But as we've seen, I was completely and totally wrong like most people. But anyways, he was going to bring me lunch for two straight weeks every day. I was like, man, that's a great deal. That's free food for two weeks. Absolutely. And he, of course, said that I had to do this to my hair. Uh, I don't know if he's going to accept it because he thought he wanted it done all the hair. But according to my stylist, Solanus, whatever, I don't care. 
Uh, they basically said that uh, eh, it wouldn't be good for your hair, be very damaging. So I was like, eh, I don't want that. I don't want to damage myself or, or have anything going on like that. So this is it. This is the product. This is why it looks like this. Yes, I know it looks ridiculous. I know it looks stupid. I know that it's something I'm going to get made fun of, and I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. It's just the way it is. I'll own up to it to the best of my ability. But I wanted to give everybody an explanation on here because I know you all wanted to hear so much about it. And that is why my hair looks like this. And that is why I look like an idiot or at least a bigger idiot than what I normally look like. So there's the explanation. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.